Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising. And we're not doing it by fighting or further depleting ourselves anymore. We are doing it by remembering who we are and standing in that unified truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today for tools for your feminine, masculine awakening journey and to schedule mentorships and couples coaching with me directly. Now, let's begin. Hello, beloved listeners, and welcome to episode 126. I'm Sarah Poet. I'm your host. And today I'm feeling a lot of heart connection. I'm just going to talk to you. I am going to talk about soul alchemy today. And this topic surprised me. There was this intuition to bring this topic through soul alchemy. And it surprised me. It was not what I thought I was going to be talking about on this episode. And so yesterday I sat down with that and made a little mind map, if you will. And then um, some some things have been kind of percolating um, since because that's the essence of soul alchemy is like what's percolating, what are you noticing in your life? And um, and so since then some some deeper shares came in to share with you today. So I'm going to be sharing from my heart and talking about this way of living really that is how I do live. And it's almost unbelievable that I haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. Um, this morning, I went to Farmer's Market here in Asheville, North Carolina. We have incredible farmer's markets. And I went to Farmer's Market with my friend, Nicola D'Alonzo, who uh, was a guest here on the podcast in 2021. At some point, we did an episode called In Service to the King. And Nicola is a men's coach and just such an incredible woman. And recently has been in this local geographic here. And so we've been able to be together in person a bit more. And when we share with one another, whether it's on the phone or in person, um, we are talking about soul alchemy. So sure, we're talking about conversations we recently had or relationships or something that happened with you know family, men, et cetera. And what we are ultimately talking about is soul alchemy. Another way to say that would be tracking the mystery. And I notice, and and in reflection of this podcast episode, I was reflecting on friendships and really all of the friendships that I have that have lasted are friendships where I can bring this level of conversation of soul alchemy. And so I'm not just talking about recent conversations that I had or recent relationships that I had, but I'm talking about, you know, bringing more parts of self home. 
bringing more parts of the soul online, becoming more of who I am. And that is the, um, the orientation toward life itself, like noticing and dancing with this great mystery and then becoming more and more and more, you know, myself. And that's the essence of sacred remembering. That's the essence of sacred remembering. So the soul is really what is calling us. The soul is really what is calling us. There's a there's a part of me that is, you know, shy or hesitant to to talk about the soul and to claim to know, you know, that I know what it is. I don't understand the whole of what the soul is, but I know that when I feel the most at home, I feel in connection with my soul and like I'm living through my soul. So we talk about a lot of ways of getting information from the world, right? Like people will talk about um, connecting to guides or hearing intuition or, you know, trusting the body or, you know, all of these ways that we talk about getting these pings, these aspects of sacred remembrance, um, and this truth that guides us forward. You know, we could pray, we could pray to source or a God or the all that is, you know, whatever you call that. And to me, the soul is such an integral part of that. It's like the bigger aspect of myself. And it's not just the spiritual aspects of self. And I think this is really important to note because a lot of folks, you know, want to connect to the guides or the prayers or to God and get the spiritual information that's coming through. And to me, I see the soul as, yes, encompassing that and being a part spiritual, but then it's also all of the other parts of us as well, which gets a little grittier. And so I want to talk about that for a moment because the soul, you know, we have all of these different aspects of self. We have the personality, like the, the persona that we show up with. Um, we have, you know, the ego identity that gets a bad rep in spiritual circles sometimes, but there's a place for that. It's like how we put ourselves into the world. Um, then we have, you know, the spiritual self, we have the quest for consciousness, and then we have the body wisdom, right? And those of us who have been on like an embodiment journey to bring this spiritual life into the body, you know, we know to listen to sensations and and watch whether the body is expanding towards something or contracting and like tracking what the nervous system is doing, right? But then the other part of the soul for me is the subconscious and the shadow material and the parts that dance with the great mystery in an effort to integrate. So everything wants, you know, everything wants wholeness. I think that, I think that, you know, we're a part of the soul that travels with us throughout incarnations. And then the, the soul aspect embodies into this incarnation. And then we're remembering the true essence of that soul. Like I'm remembering the true essence of, you know, who's called Sarah poet in this lifetime, but I'm connected to this, you know, more vast 
um, <laughs> oceanic, um, deep soul. And it's interesting when I took the name poet, I actually felt that I was taking the name of my soul. So it's more the name of the, of the soul essence. And so if everything wants integration and we're walking toward integration, well, if I'm just an ego personality who's also praying and, and wanting my best, I, I'm kind of cut off from aspects of soul if that's the only way I'm orienting, right? So I don't prefer that because I, I see a lot of bypassing in that. We have to go to the gritty parts, to the subconscious, you know, to the I mean, I love psychology. I love it. I love looking at the roots of human behavior. I did this as um, an educator. I do this as a coach. <laughs> I do this in relationships. You know, sometimes it doesn't serve my own relationships because I can kind of see behind the curtain. Um, but it is what makes me a really good coach and couples coach. And um, it is part of how I see, you know, as a mystic is to see behind the curtain of the psychology. So there are the parts that we want to bring forward in the world, the parts that, you know, how we want to present in the world. And then there's also the things behind that curtain that drive our human behavior and they're less comfortable to look at. But when we do look at those and we do integrate those, then we actually get, I think, a, a greater reward because we are then in the true aspect of soul integration. And so why would the soul embody why would it come to a body, you know, in this incarnation? It's like it would come to integrate more and more and more parts of the true self, which, yes, does get us closer to God, but also it's like the joy of living in the soul's expression is almost reason enough. It's like, you know, reason enough to incarnate, you know, sometimes the work of soul integration can feel so hard because it's not all love and light. It's not all positive <laughs> by any means. I think, and I've experienced and lived that the soul journey is actually gritty as fuck. <laughs> The soul is gritty as fuck. The soul is like sometimes really brutal. <laughs> In fact, um, because the soul doesn't really care. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like, it can be so brutal, which is not fun when it's happening. But the soul isn't like, oh, let me make everything all comfortable for you. The soul is really like we came to get all parts of ourselves on board, you know, in this lifetime, like we came to make the most of this lifetime. And so sometimes the soul is like buckle up, you know? So for example, you think you meet the love of your life and the relationship ends in like less than a year or we're on faster and faster timelines all the time. So maybe it lasts, you know, a couple of months and, and you're like, what the actual fuck? I, I thought I just met the love of my life and I'm supposed to do all these spiritual things in this conscious union. And now I'm in this fuckery of, you know, what happens after the relationship. And it's like, well, welcome to soul territory. Welcome to the opportunity to integrate a deep part of yourself that your soul came to this 
you know, living incarnation in order to integrate. And that's the journey. That's the work. And so this journey of bringing all parts of self to self, this journey of soul alchemy is really a very holy, H-O-L-Y, holy journey. It is a sacred journey. It is sacred remembrance. Absolutely. A thousand percent. This morning when I was talking to Nicola, I kept saying a thousand percent. And I said, why am I saying that so much? It's so funny. That's not something I usually say. And she said, you're all in. I feel it. You're all in. And what happened was I just turned a corner in my own soul alchemy. And I'll talk more about that today on this podcast for just some personal sharing and opening up to you all as these you know, beautiful listeners showing up to the space and also as some examples. But um, I'll, I'll share that and I'll share share, you know, it doesn't necessarily feel good when you're in it, like I said, and you might feel like, how do I get through this? Or like, what is needed? And then all of a sudden, you know, one day it's just like, okay, I figured it out. Like I found the key, I turned the lock and, and I'm, and I'm through. And that is, you know, the last probably five, six months of my life, I have been in a period of soul alchemy. Sometimes you can't really see it until you're on the other side of it. I think that's probably always true to some degree. So, you know, you're in something, you know, you're in a process or a process of integration or learning something about yourself and you're just like not quite through it yet. And, and it can feel, like I said, so brutal And you're like, what am I missing? And then, you know, you just keep showing up like day in and day out to listening to what, you know, your own intuition is. And actually, I'll I'll talk about that for a moment. Um, we, We call it intuition or we call it that inner voice or we call it God, things like that. And I, I'm going to encourage us all to develop a really close working relationship with our own soul. So that's actually, that's the guidance that I personally want, because I know that my soul is connected to the all that is. I know that my soul is connected to source. And I know that my soul has the greatest gifts for me in this lifetime. And so that's the guidance that I'm actually the most interested in. And it's when I feel my own essence. And so when do you feel most like yourself or what are the, the activities, the art forms, you know, the dancing, the, the making things like it's the things that we tend to know when we're younger and then we get away from, and then on the path of sacred remembrance, we, you know, can get closer to these things again, but it's like, how are you hearing your own soul's guidance? And if you're doing something like, you know, staying in a relationship because you feel you have to, or staying in a job that requires super high performance and you're just always exerting yourself and you're not really touching down to like what actually makes you feel good, you know, A, you're going to hear the soul less 
often perhaps because you're pushing that wisdom away, that true authentic guidance, but also it's going to get to the point in time where you're simply, if if you're on this path of awakening and truly, if you're listening to this podcast, um, it's going to get to this point in time where your soul is going to get so loud or it's going to just begin to make decisions kind of for you and for your life. Like, okay, you have to leave this situation. Okay. You know, this relationship is no longer serving you. Okay. You just don't get to spend more time in this place. You know, sometimes if we're staying somewhere because it's safe, be it relationship, job, living space, family dynamics, and a part of us knows that we're wasting time because a part of us knows that we came for more. We came to live in the fullest expression of who we are in this lifetime, in the here and now. We came to live our purpose. And so your soul is actually the thing that's going to kick you out of that situation and be like, actually, you don't get to stay here and stay safe anymore. And then the personality can have a hard time with that. You know, you can ask, why God? Why me? And you have to work through those layers of victim mentality and and all of those things. And then you find the gift. And what you can find is the true essence of who you are. Now, the true essence of who I am has some grit to it. Like I am this like earthy, gritty (laughs) soul a bit. I know another close friend of mine, her soul essence is so much more, you know, high angelic essentially than, than mine. And so, um, we all have our own soul's essence. And I want to encourage you to feel into that essence. Like when do you feel most like yourself? Is it when you're making something? Is it when you're caring for people? Is it when you're singing? Like, when do you feel your own essence the most? And that is you touching your soul. Now let's talk about what soul alchemy is actually in my, just according to Sarah Poet, right? My my general <laughs> thoughts on this. It's like this is such big stuff. So I'm not I'm not looking in any dictionary here. I'm just off the cuff with this today. So the soul alchemy is when we do reach a new level of integration, or when there is a part of ourself that has been, you know, isolated or cast out, um, maybe a part of us that wasn't loved by someone else. And so we cast it out um, of our own lives. And then we realize, oh, wait, I'm responsible for loving that part. So the soul throughout lifetimes can can actually fragment. And we send these kind of parts of ourselves off because maybe somebody else didn't love them, we didn't know how to love them, or as the result of trauma, of circumstance, I would say also as the result of interference, right? So we are on a path on this planet right now of remembering the soul's connection to source, which is your connection through the monadic framework 
it's called. Ooh, I feel like this is very important information for this audience. This is so exciting. Um, and so we're reconnecting to our own monadic framework, which is almost, you can look at it like the vehicle to our source connection. And this was disassembled over time across lifetimes. It was disassembled on purpose. So traumas of separation, you know, abuse cycles, things like gender inequality, things like, you know, uh, targeted oppression, those kinds of things take us out of our own soul connection that served let's just, you know, a darker agenda, like that served a separation matrix that kept patriarchy going. You can look at it like that. So it's like when you're, when you are disconnected from your soul, you're also disconnected from your life force energy in a sense, because you're like willing to give your energy toward things that do not exactly feed your soul. You're willing when you're disconnected from your own soul to be in a relationship that's, you know, victim, victimizer complex, that's uh, an obscure power dynamic, you know, you're willing to like continue to put yourself in those positions because you don't remember your own power. You don't remember your own source connection. And it's like, as much as you want your own voice and your own truth, and maybe you're fighting for that, you also don't quite know it or have it or have it embodied because you're still disconnected from this monadic framework and you are unsure. And I'm saying this to normalize this because, again, this has been a strategy to keep really great people disconnected from the full truth of who they are so that their human energy can be used for essentially enslavement toward broken systems that that keep us um, disconnected from what's possible. So we want, you know, heaven on earth. We want prosperity. We want, you know, union level relationships. Well, we have to integrate this soul framework back to, you know, source connection, back to complete sovereignty as as much as possible in this lifetime, just continuing to integrate the soul, integrate the soul, integrate the sovereignty, integrate the source connection. And then that's how we anchor these higher frequencies on the planet. Wow. I just like went a place with that. I just went really deep into that. That's why this is important. That's what's being called for now. And we, gosh, can you feel this? Like we don't just get this through, you know, saying that we have a spiritual connection. It's like, it is a gritty journey of being willing to recognize like, oh, I've cast that part out because of this deep trauma. So I have to go through the gritty work of the trauma healing and the reintegration and loving this part and bringing this part that was outcast back into my life, right? We could call that reintegrating shadow, reintegrating a a fragment, bringing it to consciousness, all of the above. What we're talking about is reintegrating the um, cast out or fragmented parts of the soul. So that we are more 
of our soul embodied in this incarnation, in the here and now, and maintaining that source connection so that we can bring through our highest medicine, highest, best, most good, most authentic medicine. Yeah. So in the past five months, I've been in a pretty gritty process of, um, you know, having to revisit something, having to revisit something that was really uncomfortable. And, and again, I didn't, I knew it was happening while I was in it, but I couldn't totally see it until recently. So this alchemy happened where like the lessons and the integration were able to take place. Why? Because I continued to listen to the soul's information on a daily basis. So if I wake up in the morning or any time of day, and I get a piece of information that's clearly soul level information because I've cultivated that knowing, that relationship. And maybe that voice says, okay, it's time to go have a fire and close this chapter of your life, right? That recently happened. That's kind of a big knowing. And then when I got that, soul level information, I was like, okay, I have to make this fire happen. I have to, I have to plan this fire. The voice might be something, you know, less big or less ceremonial. It might say, you know, turn left instead of right. Or why don't you stop by this coffee shop on your way to work today? And then you happen to run into someone, you know, at the coffee shop that wants to hire you for like your side gig that you're trying to build and you get a soul level client, right? So it's those kinds of things. So the mystery, the great mystery, God, the all that is, is communing with your soul. So the other day, you know, and, and it might be that you just think that you have an idea. The other day, I got this soul level ping, this intuition to call a friend and say, okay, I know you're well connected into these kinds of communities that I want to be more a part of. I'm also looking for a different living situation that's more connected to land. And so I was able to tell this woman my vision and desire she was able to receive it as soul level information because I don't have conversations with <laughs> many people who, you know, operate in, in any less capacity. And so she, she took that and she said, okay, I want to invite you to this event. And I, I said, yes, not because my head was thinking, okay, what's a strategy? What's going to happen there? None of that. I said yes, went to the event, and a lot of soul alchemy happened. And so the soul alchemy piece is when we listen to those pings, when we follow through, you know, ping, intuition, guidance, that inner voice, all of the above, when we listen to that and when we are connected to what we truly want, who we truly are. And that is our orientation. 
right? That's our orientation, not like how do I please and perform and make a bunch of money and you know, da, 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 all the false shit. Okay. The soul has nothing to do with the false shit. And if you are on a false trajectory, the soul is probably going to be like, actually bullshit. Here's a little, you know, trip. <laughs> it's going to trip you up a little bit and you're going to have to deal with something. And then you always have the choice. Am I going to integrate this soul piece or not? And so if you are are connected to the soul, that is like, that's what you're declaring, right? Like I want to live my full soul embodiment in this lifetime. I want to make the most of this incarnation. I want the full truth of who I am. Show me the way. Then your soul is going to commune with the great mystery and give you the pings, the intuition for what is next on your own path. And then, you know, this is always happening. This is always happening. But again, you get to decide if you're going to integrate the subconscious material, go go through the hard shit, or if you're going to be like, oh gosh, not right now. That sounds like you know, more work than I'm up for right now, you can always put it off. And I would say that it's going to take you longer to get to where you're going in this lifetime because the soul's always like walking you through this life. I think the soul has always been with you. It's always going to be with you. And so it's like, why not make it this primary partnership and commune with it. Then there are going to be these pieces of alchemy. There's going to be these pieces that feel like homecoming, that feel like deep breaths, that feel like, oh my God, I made it. <laughs> I feel like, oh, there's the, you know, the ease and the grace and the love and the embodiment and the joy, you know, after the tough stuff. And I think I'll talk about this, though I didn't plan it in my notes. Um, actually, I have my eyes closed and I'm just kind of channeling here. I'm not saying anything that's in my notes, really. <laughs> but, you know, there's distortion about manifestation. And I'll just talk about this for a moment where we, you know, we're like, we got to get the partner, we got to get the money, or we got to get the living place. And then it's like an anxious sort of like, okay, where's God? What's God telling me? Okay. What do I have to do? And all of all that you want, well, let me say all that the soul has planned for you, all that you wanted before you incarnated, all that you want in that heart space, not in the, okay, I think I should want this because the world tells me to want this, or, you know, I'm working hard and trying to perform so that I'm given this, right? If, if we are on that mm, trajectory, it's we're, we're not communing with our soul. And it's not going to be um, as fruitful. So I'm not talking about that kind of like forced performance manifestation path. Like, 
you know, that how do I get good with God so that I can have what it is I want path? Because I know that like, I've tried that, I dip into that. And I think it's really kind of easy to go, go to that or go back to that when things are shitty for you. And you're like, oh my goodness, what am I missing? Just, you know, show me the way. And like, we can get into a performance loop almost like performing for God. Like, are we worthy yet? Are we worthy yet? So check that shadow. And then what I'm saying here is like the process of soul alchemy is when you align to your own path, your own essence, your own soul. And you're like, I want to experience me and my soul embodied. I want these I want the expression of my soul. I want to feel like myself, right? That's when the great mystery is actually going to bring you the intuitions, the meetings, the synchronicities. And so the path of soul alchemy is not a controlled path. It's a very mystical path actually. That's what I'm describing. It's a very mystical path. And so it's trusting that, you know, okay, even though this relationship came in and it felt like one thing and then it only lasted three months, but there was all of this, you know, divinity that was at play. And it's like, (laughs) that actually just happened for me, honestly. And then, you know, there's some like, what the actual fuck moments, right? Because it felt like there was so much alignment. But if I go back to trusting my soul's path and the soul alchemy and how that's dancing with the great mystery, then I don't have to suffer in the oh my God, why didn't that last? Where's my love? You know, like all of that shit, that meaning making that we do to ourselves. It's like, okay, well, if I'm committed to my soul's path and I'm committed to my source connection and I'm committed to dancing in communion with this great mystery, then I can trust that there is a, I hate this word a little bit, but it's true, a lesson that my soul is integrating here. And so these relationships, these opportunities, these these missed opportunities can truly be just the opportunity for you to integrate something into your own soul. And so that's actually what, you know, what I found. And um, I've talked in other places about soul level relationships and we can get really confused about what that is. We're like, isn't this our soulmate? Isn't this the person we're meant to, to be with? And, you know, trust your soul and, and say, what wants to integrate here? What is the alchemy here? And when I started to ask that question just personally, you know, recently, one part of the soul alchemy was actually a deep returning to my own heart because one of the things that had fragmented, um, these words may or may not make sense, but in a, in a false masculine template, like when I was orienting toward the false masculine template or the fallen father template, et cetera, I've talked about that in other places. Um, if you want to learn more about that, you can reach out 
to me as well, but I won't go into that here. But in that template, over lifetimes, over patriarchy, over this lifetime, you know, over distortion and abuse, I had there was there was a part of me um, who looked to the external masculine for validation that I was wonderful. or for validation that I was worthy to be in relationship with, that my love was valuable. And that's really what it came down to was I got this really great look in the mirror after this brief and beautiful um, (laughs) soul alchemical relationship where when I was looking in the mirror after it was complete, and I was saying, okay, what does, you know, what doesn't feel good? What does it feel like I want from him? Okay. I know that that's mine to do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed that one of the greatest pain points, so we have to be willing to go to the pain points. One of the greatest pain points that I was experiencing was this question of like, why don't these men value my love? Why don't these men value my heart? And then I could see that that was a projection onto the external. I could see that that was a part of the fallen masculine, false masculine template. It was not of God. It was not truth. It was not unified. And my soul who, you know, seeks and knows that unification with the divine and with the holy masculine, holy feminine knows that that is truth. Then I could look at that and and love that part and just welcome that part right on home. So let me say this differently because this is important. When shit happens and there is a pain point, why don't they value my love? You know, the pain around that, the pain of like rejection, the pain of not being seen and oh my gosh, I thought this person saw me and then they don't see me, right? I could loop, we could all loop, you could loop inside of the pain point. Or if we are interested in soul alchemy, the question is more like, okay, how's this happening for me? What do I see and what wants to come home? What wants to integrate into me? And so when I started asking that question, there was this gorgeous homecoming just back into my own heart of self-love and really seeing my own worth. And so that's been a few weeks and over the, you know, Time since then, because all of this is happening day in, day out. It's not like, you know, we go to one fire or one sound healing or one energy session, and then it's like poof, different. That's not it because soul alchemy is always taking place and the realizations are always landing. So this is actually a gentle process as well. It's like, you know, honoring the nervous system, honoring the process of integration. And so over a number of weeks now, because that part came home, because that realization alchemized, I feel so much more joyful, so much more joyful. And I can, you know, it, 
it just, it connects to so many things, like so many ways that I've utilized my energy from relationships to business. And so there's, there's been like a, we can say a lower frequency or a shadow or something like that. That was at play when I was um, projecting this self-worth outward. That was the fragment. That was the soul fragment. And then, you know, the soul's essence knows, oh my gosh, my love and my capacity to love could never be measured by someone else's reflection of it. And so I'm able to just love and love and love and love, you know, without that rejection feeling. And I feel so, so much more joyful. And so that's what I would call soul alchemy because that part came home and integrated into the truth of who I am. And so I have more of an understanding of the truth of who I am. And I feel it in my physical embodiment and I feel it in my mood and I feel it in my love and my God connection and my earth connection. Do you feel that? Do you feel how that is different than continually doing the work in order to self-improve in that old healing paradigm that was like, oh, I'm not good enough. I have to heal. I have to self-improve. And then, but like in that paradigm, we're still waiting for someone else to show us that our truth is good enough or that our healing has been enough or that we're worthy of the love or worthy of the money. And so with soul alchemy, you're bringing all of that home to you and making it, you know, this divine dance between you, your source connection, your God connection, which requires too a lot of faith, a lot of faith in the mystery, and also a lot of integrity. A lot of integrity to continue to like hold yourself accountable to doing that, what I would call pretty high level work. Like, do you trust yourself to integrate the parts of yourself that have been cast out, which are going to be shadow parts? Do you trust yourself to integrate the shadow? Like, are you afraid of your shadow? Or are you willing to integrate it? And that's why I say that the dance of soul alchemy is gritty because there's this willingness to be with what is uncomfortable in order to claim the depths of of your truth and of that integration. Okay, so all of that was a riff, and I'm looking at my notes, and I want to give a couple more examples of soul alchemy and the dancing with the mystery and kind of what that could look like. Um, Like I said at the beginning, because I've always lived my life this way, but I don't think I've ever spoken about it like this, describing it like this, and it is so much a part of my truth, so it really feels good to be talking about this. Um, So here's another smaller example. So recently, 
I was talking with my friend Carmen. It was supposed to be a conversation with four women and only two of us could show up. And we find ourselves in a conversation about quilting. Actually, she was making a quilt for her daughter. And I was like, well, I don't know if you know this about me, but I used to quilt all the time. I made improv quilts. I come from a lineage of quilters on both sides. And, um, I'm totally right there with you. Like she was talking about the mechanics of her machine. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I'm totally right there with you. And she was like, oh, wow. Okay. And so we were, she was able to dive into this conversation about quilting. And then, so I, I leave that conversation and I am noting the mystery. I'm like, okay, well, two women get together. This was the topic. Hmm, this is interesting. And two days prior to that, I had had the intuition to take a quilt down from my closet um, that had had something to do with my ex-husband. And um, it was the quilt that I had made after we, um, so I, I bought this fabric and used it all over our wedding. I had this DIY wedding um, on a farm. And so I used all of these pieces of fabric in the decor at the wedding as tablecloths and things like that. And then um, in the years after I made a quilt from that, it was this gorgeous feather quilt and a really big undertaking. And I actually did portions of this quilt over time. And I, it it took me until two years after our separation to finish the quilt. So it was a whole process around, like it was supposed to be our wedding quilt, but we divorced, you know, a little less than five years after getting married. We were together for 14 years. Anyway, really big, really significant relationship. And I finished the quilt again, as soul alchemy at the time, you know, I, I finished it to honor that time in my life. So I had had the intuition two days before the conversation with Carmen to bring that quilt down and actually put it on my bed. And I was like, I don't want to (laughs) was my response. And then after the conversation with Carmen, I knew that I needed to bring that quilt down and put it on my bed. And so I did, and I sent her a picture of it, and I slept under it for a couple of days, like maybe two or three nights. And my son was at a a summer camp that week, and I woke up one morning and I texted my ex-husband, his father, and I said, okay, I think we need to have a conversation. And this conversation has been, had been put off for over a year. We just haven't really been co-parenting um, this year. There was some tension in like early 2021. And the tension didn't feel good and it wasn't good for our son. And I woke up had the the ping to contact him. He said yes to a conversation and sitting down for a conversation. We did that two days later before our son came home from camp and we made some agreements. It was beautiful. We just, you know, we've known each other since we were 12. And so when we have an experience to just kind of honor that or, and, and come back to that, um, it was beautiful. And I got home from that conversation 
And my soul said, okay, you can put the quilt back in the closet. Okay. So that's an example of soul alchemy. It's like, you don't know why your soul says, bring the quilt down from the closet, put it on your bed, sleep under it. You don't know, you don't know why, but things want to happen. Things want to come to integration. Okay. So that is, that's a pretty, like, that's a smaller example. (laughs) Um, There are bigger examples. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this one or not, but I think I will in the spirit of just being really, you know, honest with you as the audience, the listener, I really value you, um, you being here and engaging in this level of inquiry. And so I will, (laughs) you know, pay it back a little, a little bit by continuing to share on this podcast, but also sharing this um, deeper example. And I share this um, with respect to, you know, to everyone involved and all of the soul alchemy that's involved, but I'll, I'll speak to my own soul alchemy, not to, you know, what I imagine the other persons might be. So um, also within this, within this time window of the last couple of months um, and just recently, probably the end of June, I was doing kundalini yoga one morning, which I, I do, I try to do a few times a week. And when I'm doing the kundalini yoga, most of the time before dawn, that's when I have a lot of inspiration, intuition, and guidance, honestly. And that particular morning, I found myself writing about, sometimes I pause the kundalini and like write the thing that's being kind of channeled through at the moment. And I wrote something and I ended up putting it on Facebook about um, dom sub shadow. So dominance, submission in sexual relationships and the shadow with that. and. I found it interesting that I was even thinking about that or writing about that. And and in fact, I wasn't thinking about it, but it was this intuition that was coming through, you know, and it was coming through the sacred space of this yoga practice. And so I listen to those kinds of things, essentially anything that I'm putting online as a post or a blog or anything like that at this point, it's all coming from that kind of space. So you can, you can know that if you're listening to this podcast, it's your soul integrating or like, um, you know, this may be a part of your soul's integration or it's like a part pinging for you, right? Like there's something bringing us um, into connection. And so anytime you see something that I write on the internet that really speaks to you, you can know that it's soul level. Okay. So side note. So I write this piece about how this, you know, it was pretty popular. I don't even know what's going on right now with it, but it was pretty popular a couple of years ago with some masculine feminine polarity coaches, like, you know, this domination submission game. I feel so gross when I even say it right now, because I think it's part of a dominator culture disguised as some kind of um, wokeness. And, you know, there's a beautiful place for polarity in relationships that are like fully connected in consciousness and the heart and, and 
you know, all of those things, but you don't need to play a dom sub game in my opinion. Okay. It was really coming through as like, this is not of God. This is not of God consciousness. This is not of sacred union. And so I wrote about that and I posted it with a picture of me in the woods that I had taken the week before. And that picture, I had just done some ceremony in the woods. And honestly, my soul at that time said, you have to go under the water. You have to like go under the water and and make yourself clean (laughs) kind of thing. Like go under the water and like be clear um, because I was in ceremony. So it was like, okay, that's done. You've offered, you know, your, your gratitude, your prayers for the next level, you know, the word, the exact words that I'm using don't matter. I'm just like trying to give you the essence. And so I did, I had gone under the water, washed clean, committed to, you know, the next level of my soul's expression, whatever that is. I don't even know what that is, but I just felt like it was time. It was actually corresponding to the last week in the heartland group that I was holding. And so I was in the woods giving thanks for this transmission that had come through over eight weeks, giving thanks for the the group that had traveled with me over those eight weeks and, you know, sending blessings to everyone in, in that group and on our soul's journey. And, you know, it's all about like new earth prosperity and unity frequency. And so I'm offering these roses to water, like I do a lot in these mountains. And then my soul said, you have to go under the water, wash off the old, bring in the new. And so I had done that. And I had actually sent that picture with another, you know, hello of some sort to the man that I had been dating. And um, so then on this Facebook post, that was the picture that I felt soul level, intuition level to put on this post. And I was like, this is all very interesting, you know, because I hadn't been thinking about Dom Sub whatsoever. That evening, I see the man that I had been dating and no kidding, what came up was this very topic. We hadn't talked about it. It wasn't even on the table. He had been away on a little vacation for a week and he came back talking about this. And talking about it in a way that, you know, and I said, I was like, huh, this is interesting. I just wrote about this this morning. And, you know, again, I I feel like there can be a place for some polarity play, you know, when other sacred energetics are anchoring a relationship first. And so there was this like disagreement or, or just like, huh, your soul's doing one thing, my soul's doing another. Huh, curious. From that point, the relationship broke down. Broke, yeah, well, I'll I'll say that, broke down. From that point. So there are many things that I'm not sharing about the relationship, all the soul alchemy on both of our sides, et cetera, et cetera. But my point is, look at that soul alchemy. Look at what my soul directed me toward 
at 6 a.m. that morning. And then at 6 p.m. that night, he brought this up and I had clarity about how my soul felt about that topic. And this is important, I feel, to speak to to women here too. And there's going to be more conversations on the podcast around um, women's sovereignty, sexual sovereignty, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah, there's more coming. I promise there's like big things coming about that. And, but right here, if, if I hadn't had that clarity at 6 a.m. that morning, as he's talking about it, I may have been like, huh, that's curious. I wonder what that's about. You know, I may have gone a different route. My response may have been differently. Like maybe I would have gotten into some dumb subplay that was not of God, was not aligned to my soul and the soul level partnership that I am available for. And so because I listened to my soul, because I had this clarity, because I, you know, journaled about it and then made this post about it. And I, I was clear, my soul was showing me 12 hours before this conversation that is no longer aligned or or was it ever i don't know that's not aligned with who you are your sovereignty your source connection and your god connection it's not aligned sarah and so because i trust my soul's messaging to me i didn't go down a road that would have ultimately led to maybe, you know, a harder learning or disintegration of the soul or more fragmented parts. So it's very important that we listen to the clarity and and ask for the clarity that our soul is giving us and trying to guide us toward because This is your guidance. This is your guidance. You know, what what an astrologer says on Instagram about what the moon and the planets are doing today is not your guidance. It can be a part of it. It can be information. But it's not your own personal guidance. Okay, you can call in your guides or pull oracle cards or, you know, go to different, you know, teachers, events, et cetera, et cetera. Do not give over your sovereign power to guidance outside of yourself. And I'm not talking about egoic self. I'm not talking about the small S self that's identified with the personality. I'm talking about the big S self that is connected to the soul. That is your guidance. That's what tells you, okay, it's time to leave this job. It's time to leave this relationship. Okay, it's time to write that book. It's time to speak out. It's time to do this 
thing that requires crazy amounts of courage that I didn't know that I had, right? It's those kinds of of things, (laughs) that kind of knowing that is soul guidance. And that leads to the soul alchemy. Okay, so I think we are coming to a conclusion here with this episode. This was really fun. Thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you about your soul alchemy and what you're noticing. And a great place to check in about this is in the Sacred Remembering community. So we are forming community. It's via the Sacred Remembering membership via sarahpoet.com. And so we are women together, waking up to the truth of who we are, aligning to the soul and the source connection and our own sovereignty and noticing the pings, the directives of the soul in combination with the great mystery. So we're honoring the sacred, honoring the, gosh, the gorgeous unfoldment that is the sacred remembering process, which is your soul's process. So please join us. If you'd like to, I recently got the guidance, um, no doubt connected to this returned self-worth piece for me, that the price of the Sacred Remembering membership will actually go up by the end of August. So it is $39 a month until the end of August when the price will go up. And I'm still gaining clarity on what that price will be, but I think it will be $69 at the end of August. And anyone who signs up when the price is $39 will be, um, you know, granted that price for as long as you stay in the membership. So I'm not going to raise the prices on the current members. So if you have been thinking about it, please come. Um, We're always sharing the evidence of the soul alchemy of our own lives in our mighty networks circle. And then we also have live community calls. We also have special events. So we have anywhere between two and four live calls per month. And again, it's women together tracking the mystery, noting the mystery, noting the sacred remembrance. And I also bring tools uh, for that as well. So it is an opportunity to dive deeper with what we talk about here on the podcast and more, like whatever is is coming up for you. Um, So I'd love to see you there. And then I am also available for one-on-one I don't like the word coaching, but that's what we have in our society. But it's obviously this soul alchemy, right? It's like an immersion into your own soul alchemy. Um, and I'm partnering with you and we can do that for four months, six months, 12 months. And you can contact me at sarahpoet.com and schedule a consultation to see um, what wants to happen. So we can have a conversation about that. So... Oh gosh, there's one more thing that wants to be said there. 
I am feeling a big calling from soul and creator to be of service to more couples. And in part because this soul alchemy that is possible through partnership is so powerful. And when two people can honor (laughs) the mystery and the path of the soul and the integration that wants to and needs to happen, very, very powerful things are, are possible and we can anchor in union frequencies on the planet that way. And yes, it was a part of the soul alchemy of this last relationship for me that really, I think, has me stepping into this more. Um, because I, you know, I just experience that when we get to these places of potential soul alchemy in relationship, that's really the place that we can actually grow the most, I think. And that's also the place where like old traumas and stories, traumas of separation are going to get triggered. And then we have to decide if we want to go through it together. So a lot of people throw around the words soul union or, you know, soul mate. Well, what does that mean? Hmm, I've never said it like this before, but really it's like, two people willing to go through the soul alchemy together and side by side, you know, noticing like, oh, you, your soul triggered that in me and my soul. This is an opportunity for integration. That's it. That's it. And when you look at it like that, it's like, wow, it's safe. It's actually way more safe than our fight or flight alert systems would have us believe. And so I am um, a... (laughs) The word Sherpa almost came out of my mouth. So I'm going to trust that. I'm like a, a, a guide, you know, on that, on that path that, you know, as you are like crossing that terrain in your relationship, um, I am a partner, you know, with you and your relationship in that process of soul alchemy so that you can get to the deeper expressions of sacred union. That was so well said. I've never said that like that before. So that's exciting. So watch what your soul, in conclusion, watch what your soul is telling you. Listen to what your soul is telling you. And there's so much opportunity right now on this planet to get scared, be less than who you are, align with old fears, align with old traumas. But we didn't come for that. We did not come for that. We came for integration of our soul to live into the truth of who we are and to offer our gifts forward from that place of integration. I know it's big work. I know it's gritty, brutal, hard work, and I know we can do it. And so, you know, let's stay in community, let's partner with one another, and let's make the commitment to our own soul, to our own soul's purpose and why we came. Have those conversations with your soul. Listen to what your soul is sharing back with you and trust, trust, give that information space to work for you in communion with the great mystery. And when we can get out of our way, so much more alchemy will happen because it wants 
to happen. This time on the planet is ripe for growth, ascension, incension, right? Like happening in the, the human body, awakening, evolution. It's ripe with that, for that. But that really only happens when we can integrate all of the parts of self, including the yucky parts, including the traumatized parts, including the like parts that we're a little bit embarrassed of. When we can integrate those things, you know, that that is ascension. That's what we came for. Okay. That's when we're living in the truth of who we are. So, so much love to you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And don't forget to review the podcast, share the podcast, schedule a consultation with me if it's time for that. And sending so, so much love from my heart to yours at this time. Talk to you next week. Bye. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.